I don't want anyone to ever feel like they're too old to do this. You're never too old to share his love. You're never too old to provide comfort and nurture. You're never too old. My name is Shelley Yutsky, and um, I actually work for Christian Family Care, but um, prior to that, we were, I have fostered prior to that, so we're just going to talk a little bit. Um, my husband here is David Yutsky. Hi. <laughs> and he's he's the talkative one. No, not really. But um, my husband and I actually started doing foster care, um, actually just caring for children um, in a group home type setting in 1993. Um, so we started a little bit backwards. We were younger. We had one child at the time who was eight. And um, the Lord just kind of led us to uh, basically it was a Baptist children's home and um, wasn't in the state of Arizona. But we started to uh, care for kids there. It was a 24-7 job. Um, we had anywhere between 10 to 12 children at any given time from the ages of 3 to 18. The majority were um, in that teen age range. So, yes, we had like five or six potential teenagers at a time. That was fun, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I had just come out of the military and um, making that transition into civilian life and uh, – just needed a mission again, coming out of special operations and uh, losing that mission uh, can be very depressing. And it's like we both had a love for kids and had been involved in Awana, um, teaching uh, younger children, things like that, and thought, you know, Lord just calling us to um, intersect in that need of children that had no family or were being displaced from a family. A lot of the children that we did have, um, we had several that were orphaned. Um, it was a voluntary placement, so it wasn't by the state. They were orphaned. Um, and then we had others that families just were having a hard time coping with the child and the behaviors that they were having or certain traumas had occurred in their life. We had one that had um, lost their father and mom was really struggling to, to kind of handle the day-to-day -day things with, with three children. So um, that's basically how it started, and yeah. we did that for a while, and then we ended up um, leaving and coming to the state of Arizona, and at that time we did have one child that came with us um, along the way that um, – that we thought we would eventually be able to adopt. That never happened, um, but we just continued to foster. Actually, she aged out with us, mm -hmm. and um, in the process was a really, really big struggle. So we had um, her break into our house, run away, drugs, you know, different, just a lot of different things that we went through. Um, one of the times she ran away, and... Um, basically ended up getting detained uh, for shoplifting. And we were called in. <clears throat> At the time, I was actually working for a detention alternative program. So when I walked in and I saw, saw her, I knew right away um, that she was pregnant. So um, we ended up taking her back in and hoping that she would age out and be able to have the baby and all of those things. And um, she had the baby. I actually was there for the birth and cut the umbilical cord and did all of that. And so it was a really wonderful, it felt like she was making a change. Yeah. And um, and I was home with the other kids. And you're home with the other kids. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, as things went, um, yeah, she, 
we were waiting for her to basically age out, and then we were kind of telling the Lord we were done. We had done our stint. We were done. Um, so, yeah. By this time, we've just covered twenty years of history. <laughs> yeah. So it was it was going through that that we realized like this is a lot of work. This is really hard. When she ages out, she takes you know the child and all of those types of things will be good. But um, prior to her aging out, she one night just came in and was really, really struggling. And she came in and said, handed him over to us and said, I can't do this anymore. Here he is. So. And she's only two weeks into being a mother. Yeah. So. So what did we do? We picked up and started fostering babies. (laughs) (laughs) So that was not our plan was not to adopt when we were fostering. It was to foster even we knew even at the group home when we were there that it wasn't something that we were we were there to provide permanency in that environment, not necessarily long term. So anyway, it was one of those things that we just felt like we needed to do that. So we ended up adopting him. So he's now 12 and, um, turning 13, 13 next in month. April. Yeah, I know. So it's, yeah. So it was just a long journey. We, we started continuing to foster babies. We didn't want him to feel like he was an only child and he needed to learn how to share with others. And we'd always had more than one in the house. So it was just the natural thing to do. Um, so we did have several different placements during that time. Um, we had a couple that we fostered that now are our grandchildren. So, yeah, so our son, who was nine when we started at the group home, <laughs> uh, he and his wife uh, have now been married for 15 years. Um, and they uh, came to us one time when we had a couple of kids because we said, any baby that comes into our home, um, they are either going to have a place to go or they will be in our home and uh, we had two that it was like, wow, uh, adopting two more. Um, and they just came to us and said, hey, what do you think about us adopting? Mm-hmm. And it's like, great. They had been over to the house a lot, obviously, family Lived dinner. Close. So they kind of, yeah, they were like 10 minutes away. So they had really kind of almost grown up with with them or mm-hmm. Um, that attachment was already there. So, yeah. So the first one was um, actually our very first placement who was supposed to be one month old and he was one year old when I picked him up from the DCS office. That was a surprise. <laughs> and then, um, and because of the closeness of age, he's um, he's going to be turning 12 this year. Yeah. yeah I get well, all the ages mixed up. Yeah. Yeah. So... Ours will be turning 13, and he follows closely behind it at 12 in June. Yeah. And, and so. so there's – there's they they act when we get together as a family. <laughs> they act more like siblings than they do uh, uncles and nephews and nieces. It's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. So one of the reasons, like I said, we weren't in it to adopt. And, in fact, we had the two that we just kind of said, oh, Will you adopt? And they said yes. So that was great because then we got to still be around. And um, but we thought, well, you know what? There's there's a lot of native children out there that are needing a home, and um, just as a foster home. And there was a lot of stigma that goes along with working with the tribes. And so we were like, well, we're not in it to adopt. So sure, yeah. we'll take an infant baby. We'll take a you know two year old you know native child. Yeah. And so we started doing that and. Um, it was 
it was a different experience, but it it was a good experience because we already had the mindset that this, what we were in there for was to minister. It was almost like being able to minister to another country in some respects. Yeah. I mean, um, and, and from that aspect, my mom grew up on the reservation in Northwest Montana. Um, and I spent practically every summer, uh, up on the reservation with my mom's side of the family. And so, you know, it was, um, nice, uh, in, in a, in one way to get back into, uh, being, uh, with, um, Karen Native Ford. American mm-hmm. indigenous people. And, um, but that. you know, the Arizona tribes are very different than other tribes. And, um, you know, the tribe. Well, there was a lot yeah. to learn. There was yeah. a lot to learn. Um, and just the court system was different, yeah. but it wasn't something that we shied away from because we just really felt like the Lord was leading us to do that. And anyway, um, we had several come in and out of our home, um, native and non-native and just kind of just kept doing it. And, um, but really whenever there was a child on the list that was native, we would step forward and say, you know, we're willing, if you don't need it, you know, technically an ICWA compliant, we can, we can do that. And so we just couldn't, we couldn't prove David's, um, well, we can, thing, but, but most yeah. of the tribes around here won't recognize the tribe that my mom's yeah. from. So that, you know, yeah. it, was it, just, it wasn't it was, worth it pursuing. Wasn't worth pursuing. So anyway, we ended up with um, one specific one that was, came to us at three months old. And um, she was a uh, failure to thrive, just itty-bitty, tiny. Um, malnourished. Uh, malnourished and things. And so we ended up taking her and she grew up with the rest of the ones that we had and just kind of went from there. And for whatever reason, God decided that she was ours and um, kind of went, we ended up adopting her. And I can, I remember her being able to crawl up. I was by the sink and I remember her crawling up next to me and looking up with her big dark eyes. (laughs) And I just heard the Lord say, she's yours. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. This is an Iqua child. Like, this is a native child. This doesn't happen. I'm not going to be, there's no way we're adopting. And, you know, telling, I wasn't arguing with them. I'm just like, are you sure you remember who this is? Well, it wasn't so much that we weren't willing to adopt her. The realistic uh, aspect of it being able to even happen was was really more the the aspect aspect of of it. it. And so, and I just said, okay. And this was before they even... We're talking about adoption, and and just a couple months later, the tribal worker came and said, you know, if you would be willing to adopt, we wouldn't contest. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and so she's seven now, um, and definitely um, the joy of our life yeah. at, at different times, the added blessing. I know there's sometimes people will have children later in life, and that becomes their added blessing, and she's just... She's just her at her middle name is Joy. I won't say the first name, but her middle name is Joy and she just exudes that and it's just amazing to see her and just think yeah. of what a gift she is that God gave us um, and that type of thing. We you know, foster care is going to be is rough at times. There's times that you don't understand why a judge is saying a certain thing or why the 
you know, a tribe is doing a certain thing or whether it's the caseworker that's not doing or the parents aren't involved, um, things like that. But I think there's there's been opportunities along the way that even though there's times that we don't understand, that, that God has still used those times. So I, I think we, we had an impact on a lot of children's lives, but not just children's lives, but their parents' lives as well. And we've had the opportunity to, to stay connected with quite a few of them. And so that's been really great. If you would have asked us, what, 20 years ago when we were <laughs> at the beginning of this semi-journey here, um, that we would end up in our later yeah. years having these young of children, we would say, no, you're crazy. <laughs> yeah, and, and sometimes you even fight family because like uh, Shelly's folks were like, you're too old for this. And it's like, don't tell me I'm too old to do anything. I'm former Army Special Operations and federal law enforcement. You know, that's just a challenge. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think there's, yeah, it definitely comes with its challenges. Um, yeah, there's like, okay, I don't have as much energy. or But a lot of times it's, we always say that's what has kept us young. Caring yep. for kids is what has kept us young. That's what I tell people. If you want to stay young and youth-like, like I am, then, you know, fostering goes a long way to, to make that happen. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's been, even with our, the adopting of our son, it was, it was really talking to the Lord about like, okay, Lord, if we're going to do this, you're going to have to provide the health. You're going to have to provide the energy to keep up. You're going to have to provide all of these things. And, mm -hmm. and, and he has. Yep. So I, I think that's great. And I think as long as, you know, you realize that, you're relying on him for that, not on ourselves. You know, that's mm -hmm. when it gets, yeah. gets long. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, because balancing that with um, career and, and everything else, um, it, it, it can be challenging uh, in so many different ways. Um, but, you know, it, it, always, it always works out. Um, I'm having to leave town for, you know, investigation or a speaking engagement, this, that, or the other thing. And, and we always manage to work our schedules around things like that. And, and our, our careers have, have escalated, uh, in a period of time when most people are kind of ramping down their careers. <laughs> I don't know why that's happening, <laughs> but, uh, it, it's kind of crazy. So that's even added, you know. Uh, additional stressors as they get closer to teenage years, um, but it it still works. Yeah, and and I think it it goes back to similar to what we started, kind of backwards, caring for younger children, and then went or for older children, and then went and switched now to younger children, and it's just the Lord just has a sense of humor. Yeah. So <laughs> so we tell people that we're probably on raising our third family at this point. <laughs> so. Yeah, we we do have uh, three grandchildren as well, and they're intermixed with our two adopted children. So it's interesting when we go to a restaurant and order, and who's got what, and all of those types of things are are interesting and fun. They're just fun. Oh, even going to Costco can be an experience. It's <laughs> yes. like, Dad, Grandpa. It's like they're no, trying don't to guess. Even go there. <laughs> They're trying to guess who's who's yeah. with who and and all of that. So it's it's just a lot of fun. Um, we did have uh, several that kind of like stick out in my head that we really 
like God allowed us to minister to the entire family. Mm-hmm. And um, we had a, a sibling group that basically came to us. They had disrupted from another home. The mom had been through some severe domestic violence to the point that he was incarcerated for it. And, um, and she was a teen mom mm-hmm. besides. And so it was just to see how God could um, restore that um, and that type of thing. She came to us and that was, I would say was one of our tougher, for lack of a better term, um, placements. She had night terrors. So there was probably a span of three months that I got maybe two hours of sleep a night. Um, because it was me with her because David. Yeah. yeah. Typically I take care of the babies at night, but she was, um, very fearful of, of men. And so that was, it was a difficult time, but through all of that, you know, she wouldn't sleep in her own bedroom. Nighttime was very traumatizing for her. And so we, we worked with her. We had a lot of people praying, um, and that type of thing, but we were able to have the mom come to our home, have meals with us, went to church with us. Um, it was a lot of times in those night terrors that I would, I didn't have anything else to do, but just to pray over her. And, um, I think there, it's interesting that as, as time went on, she actually really, really bonded and she'll ask about David more than me now when, when we, when we make calls and things. So it's, it's interesting to see how God can restore that. And, um, the mom's doing well and, has other children, is married, and, you know, that type of thing. But whenever there's something going on in her life, the mom's life, she knows to call us. And the kids will say, I, we haven't talked to, to Shelly and David for a long time. And, yeah, yep. yeah, that's that's been that part of foster care that's been hard. But then you look back and you see the huge reward and how God used specific things to create his purpose and his plan. And it's, it's really, really amazing. Those two are specifically very close to our heart. So we definitely keep, keep in touch with them. And then we had others too, that were more of a challenge and we've had screamers, we've had (laughs) tantrumers, we've, (laughs) and then you go with the teenage things, which we already had gone through, you know, like the whole breaking into the house and running away and all of those things. But, but like I said, it, it, that's so temporal. It's just that it feels at times like it's never going to end, but it, it ends. And then you look back and you just see a different picture of what God was doing and creating. I think that's part of what he's doing in each of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was going to say, I've always told foster families, if you want to grow in the Lord, I mean, this is the ministry that's going to do that because you have no control, <laughs> minimal. And yeah. um, it's you have a child placed in your home that you know nothing about. Only God knows that child. Um, the parent situation, the, the family dynamics of that home, that's all things that you have no idea and no control over, but yeah. yet God does. And I think it's interesting that so many foster parents get frustrated with the kids, but... You know, when they look at themselves from God's perspective of their um, their life, um, 
really gives you a whole new perspective of what God sees in me. Yeah. How many times do I tantrum? How many times do I run the opposite direction thinking I'm in control? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Part of what happens too is like we've talked a little bit about the age, you know, like our, we're too old for kids or or whatever. But reality is, is that we don't feel as old as we probably are and that we look at that. But well, you kind of fall into societal norm. Yes. Yes. So it's like when our child was, they were aging out and now we're going to be done. It was, we had downsized. We were looking towards retirement, all that kind of stuff. Like what does our 401k look like? All of those things. But reality is, is God had a different plan. And so I think what happens is, is we set this course, but then God continually re- readjusted it for us. Kind of like Abraham and Sarah, except we weren't asking for children. (laughs) He says, I'm giving you children. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not done with you yet. I need to continue to do that. And I guess that's my, my thing is I, I don't want anyone to ever feel like they're too old to do this. You're never too old to share his love. You're never too old to provide comfort and nurture. You're never too old. There's some of those things that, like I said, we weren't in it to adopt. We, I mean, I'm not advocating for older people to do that, but really foster care is about reunification. It's about ministering to that child, but to the child's family. And I think that's kind of the turn for us was we, we weren't in it to adopt. We were ready to be done. <laughs> and then, and then God said, Oh no, you have a lot more years left. Yeah. I'm going to give you more years and you need to do this. <laughs> well, and I think that's a special place to be is to, um, for God to say, I'm not done with you yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause that's what your purpose, yeah. that becomes the purpose. So even though we're not fostering now, we still talk about getting back into it. I know that's crazy, <laughs> but, um, we just, it's been so much a part of our life. It's been a calling. Um, and I think that's, it's difficult for others sometimes to understand at times, but I think it, it, it's, it becomes not about us. It's about that child. It's not about us. It's about what God wants. Um, so it's, it comes back around to um, just being available Mm-hmm. to be used by God in miraculous ways. And I mean, even even my parents, you know, I, so for our first one that we adopted, it was like, you know, you probably shouldn't be doing this. You you know, you're getting old, all that. But with our second one, when I told her like, we're going to adopt, she was actually excited. They, they were excited. They were like, oh, that's just so great. And this is, you know, they're like seven years, eight years apart. So yeah. seven years apart. Um, and so it, it was, it's interesting that they've even seen that and they're the ones helping us out today and um, picking up and dropping off at school and that type of thing. And they're in their eighties. So they're continuing to share support and support. Mm -hmm. Yep. His love. So it's, it's like I said, it's, I, I realize it's not for everybody, but sometimes we put ourselves in a box too. We put God in a box and we put ourselves in a box. Yeah, it, um, you know, so many people think when you go into ministry, it has to be with adults, but sharing God's love. is extra special with kids. Yeah. Yep. Because they see things differently and they get them different. Yep. 
and what some of these kids have gone through is that's what they need. They need his love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even Christ took time away to, to be with the kids. We're just doing a little bit of the opposite. <laughs> we have kids, but we're going to continue foster. In fact, our 12-year-old is like, so when are we going to foster again? And yeah. So, and I think that's what's cool too, is that hopefully it's a generational thing. Mm-hmm. Um, even the fact that our son and daughter-in-law have adopted is, is just allowing them to see the impact that they can yeah. have. Mm-hmm. That's, again, that's, that's the ministry part. I think where it comes in is that it's, you know, you can donate, you can do all of these things, but to actually have a, f- a fingerprint, <laughs> I guess, on a child, for lack of a better term, is is that part of it where the, the more you're able to do that direct care, whether it is mentoring, whether it is, you know, um, something through your church, it's a project, and you go and help out, you know, a family that's in need— um, that has kids. Um, it's not just about those kids that have been removed, but there's a lot of other children out there and families that just have different types of needs that go unseen. Um, and then with yeah. Christian Family Care specifically, we do we have counseling. There's some family coaching. We have just a lot of different things, and we really try to equip our families so that they're ready for that. Our assessment processes is really good in the fact of we are here to preserve the family, not break it up. And I think that's one thing that I've seen over the years is that foster care will either divide Mm -hmm. a marriage or will make it stronger. Well, and I thought it was interesting that uh, Florida is now trying to pass um, a law with regards to uh, the ongoing trend around fatherless families. And I'm thinking... That is probably the worst space that you could try to create uh, uh, an environment uh, to to fix a, um, a problem in families today, and that's fatherless families, uh, is through legislation of the state. I know their heart's in the right place, but the the fact is that that's that's why God put the church here is an extension of his ministry. Yeah. So I think it's really, well, even in the one that, the example with the little girl with the, you know, the night tears, it's mm-hmm. difficult because her, her idea of who a dad was was far different than what we provided in yeah. our home. And so it's that modeling of something different and better um, that kind of, becomes that process of trying to figure out like, you know, not all men are bad. And I think, you know, it goes back to, we look at God as being our heavenly father. So what does this little girl look at to be a father? When she hears heavenly father, that's, she's not thinking of something wonderful. She's, she's thinking of something that causes her harm and terror. So I think it's those types of things that even, and we can reverse it to moms. You know, Mm -hmm. we have other kids that that have had issues with moms. And so then he's had to take over. And so I think it's it's interesting how God can use just how you model a family that directs them to how caring and loving mm-hmm. he is. So if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to Christian Family Care. We're here to help support 
um, you along your journey, wherever that may lead. And um, that's at cfcare.org. Yeah, I mean, when we got started, it started with asking questions, yep. um, going to different conferences, um, calling uh, and writing to different agencies. Uh, what's this all about? What does this look like? So if you don't ask the question, don't get the answer. You won't get an answer. <laughs> You'll just always wonder. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Family Care Learning Podcast. If you found this content helpful or encouraging, please click that subscribe button and give us a review or share this with other families that might enjoy this type of content. Just a reminder, we have the full video of this podcast on our YouTube channel. And if you're a foster parent that needs continuing education credits, you can check us out at familycarelearning.org, where we have an entire catalog of foster care training courses. Family Care Learning is made possible by the donations from listeners like you. If you wish to support the work we do in strengthening families, feel free to make a tax-deductible donation at familycarelearning.org. Thank you.